Welcome in everybody to Mad Talk Sports, episode 26. You got Joe here speaking now, and in Drake's place, we've got a returning special guest. What's up, guys? It's Fur. Uh, glad to be back. <laughs> Let's get after it. Glad to have you back. Drake has got some work priorities today to to take care of, but in his stead, we've got you know Fur ready to jump in here, episode 26. So. I'm going to have to go with Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell episode here today. Got to respect it. Got to respect it. Could have went the Packers route and went Darnell Savage, but Le'Veon. And it's a shame Drake isn't here for the Le'Veon episode. True. But today, we are obviously going to recap the NBA Finals, which did conclude the Nuggets finished off their gentleman's sweep of the Miami Heat. So we're going to dive into that series, but also look ahead. You know, look into what's coming up next for the NBA We do have a list for you today, a top 10. That'll come at some point. We've got some general NFL news, especially around contract talks to get into. And then new game alert. We're going to have one of those to debut towards the end here today. And that'll stay on the NFL side. So we got a lot of good stuff to get into right away here. So let's start off right with the NBA Finals. Fur, I'll kind of hand it off to you to get us going here. How did we end up here? How did the Nuggets end up having a 4-1 gentleman sweep over the Heat? They're just the best team in basketball this year. You know, you got to you gotta hand it to them. They finally, uh, they're healthy, to, you know, after all these years. They've had several runs together, Murray and Jokic and their core. Um, so, you know, in a year where there was a lot of upsets and a few injuries along the way, you know, you got you to gotta hand it to the best, most well-rounded team uh, that has, you know, great chemistry. You gotta, you gotta hand it to them. You know they were ready, and you know it doesn't matter who they played. You know I think they would have, uh, I think they would have, you know, they would have came away with a ring this year, regardless of how the playoffs shook out. Yeah, I think it was clear that they were the again the most well-rounded team, and Joker is making a case for being the best in the league right now. So you gotta hand it to them, and I think the chemistry goes such a long way. But man, they were also just so hungry. Like, you could tell every series, they were hungry. Anytime they had a chance to take their foot off the gas, think Lakers. They're up 2-0, headed into L.A. Easy chance to take the foot off the gas. They don't. They stomp on the Lakers' throat. Same thing for Game 4, especially. You're up 3-0. You're headed home regardless, so that's an easy game to let split. And they didn't let it happen. And then this series, you're up 3-1. You're in a grinder game in Game 5 in Denver. The Heat given you everything you can take as far as their scrappiness. Shots weren't falling. It would have been so easy to pack it in. Credit to them. Again, they were were hungry. They were 47 years hungry for that championship, for that franchise. And I like... I like what you touched on a little bit there as far as Jamal Murray being healthy or just the Nuggets being healthy in general. And I think that's something that a lot of us really overlooked was how this Nuggets team was never at full capacity going into playoff runs over the recent years. So that was a huge thing that people weren't talking enough about, myself included. And I'm glad that they got it done. You know, I was rooting for the upset as I often do, but I have no quarrels with the the Nuggets taking it away. Absolutely. Well-deserved. You know, Mike Malone, you know, shout out. He's always losing his voice. You got to respect the passion. You know, it starts at the top, starts with your stars and starts, you know, they're all, uh, they're all invested and, you know, they deserved it. They, uh, they definitely were, you know, built, built for it this year and built for, you know, many years to come still. 
They definitely are, because that big three, big four are all still well in their prime, not even towards the latter half of it, across Joker, Murray, MPJ, and then uh, Aaron Gordon, too. Like, those guys all still got years left in them. They play well together. They know their role. So they, they certainly have a future going on. But to pivot away from the winners, you know, history remembers the victors. It's written by them. But we do have to talk about the losers, too. And in this case, the Miami Heat, they kind of went out with a whimper. You know, they did give the Nuggets a tough game at the end, but that was more so just because the Nuggets couldn't buy a bucket and the Heat couldn't either. Like, no matter how many turnovers the Nuggets gave them, they couldn't take advantage. They couldn't hit shots, and it starts with Jimmy Butler. Lackluster performance. He did have a nice run in the fourth quarter, but even then he had some poor decisions down the stretch. Overall, the series from him left a lot to be desired, but... Frankly, the question here, Fur, is does Jimmy's performance change your view of him as a player? Um, well, I wouldn't say so because he's, you know, he, he kind of did what you'd expect him to do. He's a postseason assassin. You know, he upset some teams, uh, made a hell of a run. And, you know, that's kind of what you expect of him at this point a little bit, uh, just the postseason action. Um, I would say if the Heat, you know, pushed it to seven games or won it all then that would really you know really make me reassess my view of Jimmy Butler then he would really you know start to come off as this modern Kobe figure you know with uh if he could have pulled out that ring but um you know he's still one of the best in the game and uh so no I wouldn't say I don't know you know I guess he's not as clutch you know especially those those finals losses but you know maybe just against the east he's a killer he definitely is. I mean, you said it. Postseason assassin is the best way to describe him. Now, the the lackluster finals here, for some people, I'm sure that's going to change that thought. They're going to be like, is he really as good as we thought in the playoffs? For me, personally, it doesn't change a thing. Like, he's no longer an undisputed, like, can't miss a, you know, can't have an off night in the playoffs. Like, he, that, that resume, that really just overall reputation that's gone that's out the window but we we knew that he's gonna have some down games his defense was still really good throughout the series he still made some nice passes I don't like that he kind of shrunk in certain moments and in others he kind of hoisted up like hero ball shots so I, I didn't like the performance I, I didn't I'm not going to defend it but He's done a lot more good than bad in the postseason over the past four years here now. So True. even with the loss, doesn't change my thoughts on him. I still have massive respect for Jimmy Buckets or Hemi Buckets. Is that's his trademark, I think? Yeah, Hemi Buckets. <laughs> Hell yeah. But he was he was outmatched from the jump. Aaron Gordon did a fantastic job as a defender on him. That was that was excellent. I thought Aaron Gordon was going to do that to LeBron, which he did. He slowed LeBron down, but he he definitely did that to Jimmy. So that was huge. Underrated underrated player and, and role in the Nuggets being able to win it all this year. So Jimmy, my view doesn't change with you, buddy. I still love you. Still one of my favorite guys in the league. And I'm definitely rooting for you to have another chance in the future, but hopefully not right away next year. I want the Bucks to get back, you know? For real. Still, I uh, still can't believe that happened. <laughs> Yep, Jimmy Butler, he's something else, that's for sure. <laughs> and at the end of the day, as much as we say they shouldn't have been an eight seed, that's what they were, an yep. eight seed. You know, they had Jimmy Butler, really nice player. Bam Adebayo, nice player. After that, old guys on their last leg, undrafted players who you never know what you're going to get. Caleb Martin looks like the next Clay Thompson against the Celtics, and then <laughs> against the Nuggets, he looks like he didn't even play. 
And kind of similar goes for those other guys as far as Vincent and uh, the other ones, uh, Struess. It's, you know, that, that team wasn't meant to be there. They went further. They overachieved compared to what they were. So on the flip side, the Nuggets did what they were supposed to do. They beat an eight seed. And before that, they beat a seven seed. Yep. And then before that, they beat a four seed. And before that, an eight seed. So the question has to be, with them beating all those lower level seeds, they never played a top three seed. It's not their fault, but they didn't. Should we be talking about how easy that road was for the Nuggets? Is this a Mickey Mouse championship for... (laughs) Gotta love that term. Every championship's a Mickey Mouse championship nowadays. But uh, (laughs) no, that's just because every year there's always unique factors. You know, the cookie crumbles a different way every year. Different teams have injuries. Different teams have guys coming back. Different teams going on runs. Different matchups always determine as well. Um, So every year, you know, there's always factors that uh, make you want to, you know take away the what these guys earned but they totally earned it um you know easy road i guess you could talk about how easy their road was if you're comparing them to you know other championship runs like oh are the 2022 23 nuggets better than whatever warriors like you know or whatever calves you know like if you're comparing i'm sure you can bring up this easy road but i think in general you can't take anything away from them they were totally the champions this year and um you know yep they didn't play any easy teams, you know. They uh, they they shut them all out mostly, and you know they they didn't left nothing to chance. Yeah, and that's the thing is they never it was never in doubt. Leave no doubt, you know. To quote, remember the Titans, and oh, that's yeah. what they did. It'd be one thing if the Heat pushed them to seven. It'd be another if the Lakers pushed them to six, even. But hey, they swept LeBron and Anthony Davis, and before that series, everyone was picking the Lakers. You know, Mike Malone's mad today that we're talking about (laughs) the Lakers right now. Right. (laughs) So let's not act like they were some overwhelming favorites. This was easy. No one cares. They stacked the deck. Yes, that was a great team, but they earned every bit of it. Again, like you said, not the hardest road. Definitely not. And if you stack it versus, you know, the Cavs being down 3-1 with LeBron, like, yeah, it's not like that. You stack it against the Mavericks in 2011 beating the Heatles. No, it's not like that. (laughs) But this was a great team, the best team in the league. And even though I don't think they ever faced, like, the second best team in the league at any point, whether that's the Celtics, the Bucks, the Sixers, whoever you think there, you can't take it away from them. It's not their fault. And, again, they, they smashed pretty much everyone in front of them. So hats off to Joker, hats off to Murray and everyone involved. Mike Malone established himself as a top coach in the league because that was the other thing in this series. Spolstra wasn't playing chess while Malone was playing Connect Four. They were playing the same game and he was at very least kind of move for move with him to where that matchup was a draw and then the better roster was able to win it. Absolutely. Some of the best coaches in the league were out there and uh, yep, you know, the results showed it. Uh, You know, the Heat still fought hard in a lot of those games. Spolstra didn't let his guys quit. Jimmy didn't let his guys quit. But, yep, how about those Nuggets? How about those Nuggets? It was a long time coming. And something we do see when teams finally get there is they go on a roll. Sometimes all it takes is that first victory, and then you can start stack, stack, stacking them from there. Like, you think of the Jordan Bulls, you think of LeBron even. It took him forever to get that first one. He took like, you know, eight, nine years in the league, and then, you know, boom, he gets four in in a nice little stretch there. So oftentimes, it can be like a domino effect. And for the Nuggets, do you see that being in the cards here? Like, can a dynasty, a dynasty be something we start talking about for the Nuggets? Um... 
dynasty. What do you think? Uh, three rings is a dynasty. I'd say three rings in a few appearances. E- yeah, either three rings in four years to where you're three and zero in the finals, or three and one, or three rings in five years to where you at least made four of them. That would be me considering a basketball dynasty. Hmm. True. Yeah, I guess in that case, I'm gonna go no, no dynasty. But I do see them, you know, obviously being the top team with the target on their back for a lot of, you know, the next decade, you know, better part of a decade. So I don't know. I I I think they could get another ring or two. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it'll be so condensed. Um, you know, w- within these next four or five years. So I guess I would have to go no dynasty, but uh, consistent, consistently competing and. I think they definitely, at the very least, still have another ring ahead of them. Um, but, you know, the NBA is getting more competitive. And, uh, you know, it's nice to see different teams winning every year. You know, it's, uh, you know, you never know who's going to put it together in the offseason. Yep. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to go borderline dynasty, but no. I think, I think they're more likely to win, like, back-to-back or two out of three and then never win again. That's what I think because – this core, while they're all still young, it's a salary cap league. You know, it's not baseball. And the NBA is going to start cracking down a little bit more on the luxury tax. So it's going to be a lot harder to keep together a you know a large core group of guys like that. Now, you just have Jokic and Murray, and you're, you'll be a competitor every year. But I think it's more likely that they're like the, the that kind of like Lakers era, like late Kobe Lakers to where like they won those back to back. They went to three straight and then that was it. Nothing before, nothing after. I think they're closer to that than being the Spurs where you win five out of 18 or the Warriors where you win four out of seven or anything like that. I don't think they're on this about to go on a three-peat, something like that. that. I don't see that happening, but it is, it does make you think like, Who's going to stop them? Because no one in the West was ready to do it. We we talked all year about how wide open the Wild West was, and they crushed everyone in their way. You know, T-Wolves not even close to being on par with them. The, the Suns did not have the horses to keep up. The Lakers got swept, and those were the teams that beat everybody else. So who can be their number one threat to the throne? Let's start with the West. Mm-hmm. In that conference, who's their number one threat to to, to prevent them from repeating as Western Conference champs. Oh, man. <laughs> well. Don't say it. <laughs> uh, well, certainly not the Grizzlies. Certainly not the <laughs> – I don't think the Clippers are ever going to put it – I don't. I just don't see it. Um, I don't know. You got Warriors. I don't know. I, I, I think it's crazy that they even – you know, props to them, but that last ring they got a uh, year last season, eh. I the last know. Mickey Mouse championship? The la- yeah, you know, that one. <laughs> you know, I just, I think that was their last one. You know, I think the Warriors would have to make some major moves to get back to being, you know, Western favorites. So, you know, I'm taking the Nuggets as obviously still the favorites, obviously. But, you know, if I had to pick their number one threat, I got to go with the Lakers. The Lakers. I got to. Is there any, um, like, only ifs within that? Like, only if they get Chris Paul. Only if they get Kyrie. Is there any of that? Or do you think... Lakers run it back, they can beat the Nuggets. Um, yeah, I don't think they necessarily have to make a big move. You know, They might need to reshuffle the roster around a little more like they always do lately. Um, you know, you find the right uh, role players. They certainly did. It's impressive. You know, they obviously overperformed the fact that they even went to the Western Conference Finals. Crazy. 
Um, but I don't know. My main reason for the pick is I still think LeBron and AD really got it in the tank. Uh, LeBron was, you know, on a bad leg, whatever. I don't know all the facts of that, but uh, either way, you know, he uh, he didn't look like himself. But that last game, he uh, put up what forty or whatever. You know, so. yeah, he went off, and that was almost all in the first half too. Right. So I'm just, you know, I guess I'm kind of betting heavy on uh, LeBron's comeback. Still a believer, still, you know. Um, and AD, you know, if he can get consistent, who knows. <laughs> but so I guess that would have to be my pick to, you know, take down the Nuggets. But obviously the Nuggets, pretty big favorites in the West going forward. Hmm. Well, let's start with the Lakers. I'm going to have to disagree with you. They do need to make a big move. Oh. But what is it? Yeah, Chris Paul would be great. Yeah, Kyrie would be great. Whoa, Dame, even better than both. But the biggest move they need to do is get rid of D'Angelo Russell. Oh, yes, you're right there. Right on the money. That's... Get him off the team. <laughs> Absolutely. He, he is a negative. Trade him for a bag of chips. A negative. Trade him for a printer. You know, you're not Staples anymore. You can't get those discounts. Trade him for a printer for or a real. copy or whatever you need to do to get it done. Like semi-pro, if you've ever seen that Will Ferrell movie. Pretty sure a trade like that goes down in there. <laughs> but that's first and foremost. Like if they, they got to get rid of him. Because anytime he was on the court, he was a negative. Awful. And he takes away minutes from guys who are simply better performers at that point. Whether it's Reeves, whether it's uh, uh, Schroeder or Schroeder, whatever you want to say there. Lonnie Walker. Lonnie hey. Walker, like. Yeah, he's got to go, and then I do think you need to add at least a rotational piece. Like, yeah, it's nice to get the cachet of one of those big-name guys, but they do need to do at least a little tweaking, especially at the guard spot there. Now, my number one threat to their throne in the West, I really thought about this one. Because you know I'd love to say the Clippers. I'm always rooting for the Clippers, but I think you're right. I don't think they're ever going to put it together. They're cursed. They are cursed. (laughs) I'm going to go with... The team that gave the Nuggets the hardest fight this year. Ooh. That is the Phoenix Suns. That's true. It's I've shifted a lot. Like everyone, everyone knows I was pissed about the Monty Williams firing. I was livid about Chris Paul being released. However, I love the Frank Vogel hire. I talked myself into it on the pod last week when talking about what they might be doing there. I think he's going to unlock Aiton. I think Aiton's going to all of a sudden be a top-tier big. Maybe not an Embiid, definitely not a Jokic, but he's going to take that next step. That plus KD and Booker continuing their chemistry. And there are rumors out there they might bring Chris Paul back. They maybe just released him for cap release, and then they can bring him back. But even if they don't, I think just having you know campaign there, for instance, he's a, a nice player to have at guard. And I think they're going to have an ability to add on some key role players. They were the closest team to showing us the Nuggets had flaws. No one else got even close to that level of competition against them. I think the Suns are their number one threat. That doesn't mean I'm taking them over them. It's way, 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 way too early. But for threat, They've got their targets. They've got their eyes locked on the Nuggets. Yeah, that's a good pick for sure. I don't know why. I, uh, you know, I guess, I guess I'm just counting on KD missing half. You know, a bunch <laughs> of games again. And but still, you know, oh, he if will. He's, if either way, if he's clicking at the right time of the year, yeah, you know, anything's. Suns are a good team. It's a good pick. I like them, and I'm always, uh, I'm always going to be curious to see a KD, a KD type of team, and, and what they're able to put together in the playoffs, and just, you know, build a really good squad. So I'm curious to see how that plays out. Like a lot of ifs, ands, or buts with that team, but we'll see. 
And I think I just talked about them being someone who can be making some swings. I talked about the Lakers needing to make some moves at point guard. But what teams are going to be the biggest players this offseason, whether that's trades, whether that's moving up in the draft, signing big names, who do you see as being the most aggressive players at the table? Well, hmm. Lakers for sure are always always making moves. The GM always sharpening. Um, you know, I, and I got to go with the Bucks. Have to make moves. They have to refresh, hit the refresh button on their roster, whatever that may be. Um, yeah, I don't know who's who, <laughs> more. Who's going to be aggressive? Um, I don't know. The Sixers want to stay relevant. Sixers, <laughs> I agree with that one. They definitely are going to look to shake things up, but. Uh, yeah, who knows? Hmm. Who else do you think in the East would be aggressive? Now, there is a rumor out there of an, a very aggressive move from the GOAT, Michael Jordan. Whoa, the Hornets are rumored to be in trade talks with the Pelicans for none other than Zion Williamson. No, now, that <laughs> would be a move. I don't expect it to happen, but they seem to be getting aggressive. Maybe they'll trade for a Bradley Beal. Maybe that's something they do. I think Jordan's tired of this narrative of him being the worst GM ever, which he is. <laughs> but I do think they are going to say, all right, we're never going to get the number one pick, it seems like. We haven't been able to win the lottery. Let's just go do it ourselves. Let's build a team. Let's do something, huh? Whether that's be the five seed or what. They're a team. I think the Knicks might make some big moves. I think they saw a lot of potential, but they True. also saw their ceiling. Like, the team you got smoked by got smoked in the finals. Like, your ceiling, right. not that very high. You got to make another move or two to get there. They definitely should. And then another sneaky team would be the Mavericks. Mm. I think they got to be feeling the heat of Luka potentially leaving them next opportunity that he gets because they're botching it. So the Mavs are definitely someone I think of. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, they brought in Kyrie. So obviously they're gearing towards, you know, being real aggressive making a push, yeah, you know, that, that would make sense if they uh, went in. So who are the big tickets out there? <clears throat> Damian Lillard, Bradley Dame, Beal. Bradley Beal. Who else? Chris Paul is still a big oh, ticket, right, I would say. Right. Um, D'Angelo Russell might be considered a big ticket for some people. <laughs> True. James Harden. Oh, that's, that's right. That's one that very well could be, but it seems like he's choosing between Rockets and Sixers, so that's – no fun. That, yeah, that's no fun. That's exactly what that is. No fun. I I wouldn't be totally shocked to see there be a lot of interest in, in Russ, in Russell Westbrook. I could see that being something that people were like, man, he had a real nice finals. He might be useful. So that's an, uh, an item that might be out there. Low key, unfortunately for the Bucks, Brooke Lopez might be on the market Damn. and maybe even Chris Middleton if he declines his player option. So there are some names that potentially can reshuffle the deck here in the NBA. It's not the most lucrative, you know, free agency ever, but I think a lot of people are on the trade block. I think Jordan Poole's on the trade block. <clears throat> I don't think Draymond Green is unreasonable to be on the trade block or flat out be released or I, cause I do think his contract is up. So he may just not be resigned. So there's going to be some big names out there that we see shuffle. That's a big thing about the NBA. Big splash plays and, and big moves, more so than the NFL and even baseball. So I, I do see a lot of different chips in the air waiting to see where they fall. I really want Damian Lillard to go somewhere where he can get a, sh get a chance to make a deep run. 
for sure. He could go to five different teams in the league and, you know, maybe maybe put them over the top where they need to be. Now, before the final, before the finals, I because the you know it came out that his top pick is the Heat, oh. and I said if the Heat won, I would hate the move. But if the Heat lost to the Nuggets, I would love the move. And now that they've lost, I love the move. That would be awesome. Just flop out Kyle Lowry for Damian Lillard. That would be I huge. Mean, that would be awesome. Now that is what I'm rooting for as an NBA fan. As a Bucks fan, that would pain <laughs> me. My heart would ache. You don't think the Bucks can get Dame? I don't. Damn. We don't have any flexibility. I mean, we'll we'll struggle to hold on to Lopez and Middleton, and that'll be combined cheaper than Dame. We just don't have assets to trade. Yeah. What is someone going to take? Jordan Nawara? He's not even on the team anymore, is he? I don't think so. I don't think so. We have no one to trade. We have that Bochamp guy. He was a young rookie, but he's not even in the rotation come good games. You can trade him, maybe Bobby Portis, and a a (laughs) second-round pick for 2026. Like, we just got nothing. That's a tall order for sure. Yeah, the Bucs, as much as I want them to be big players, I don't see it happening. I think they're more focused on retooling the box that they do have as far as their tool set. New scheme, new style, new philosophy. That might be enough because they did have the best record in the league this year. So it's not like they need to go get Damian Lillard necessarily. I'd love it. I would not complain one bit. Very true. But I don't see it really coming to fruition. Yeah, true. I'm just such a fan of Lillard. I hope he ends up in the right spot. I agree. Get out of Portland. (laughs) It's over. Your valiant effort. We all, all of us applaud you for your loyalty and your commitment to that team, that franchise, that city, your fans. But, you know, it's time to go. It's over. It's over. It's been over. <laughs> you had your one chance. They they made that one conference finals that one year and then got smoked by the Warriors. They just, they're just not very good. His best player he's ever had was Aldridge way back in the day before Lillard was even Lillard. And then since then, best player is... C.J. McCollum, yeah, who's the third best player on a team that didn't even make the playoffs at the Pelicans. So it's time to go, man. Yep, valiant effort, <laughs> valiant effort. Now let's uh, let's pivot away from teams. We've got a list. Oh, and now that we've seen everything play out for the postseason, we'll see how prisoner of the moment we are here. Yeah. But we've got a list: top ten players in the NBA right now. So for me. I would say when I first listed out, I listed about 17 players that I thought were eligible Mm -hmm. to make my list. And there were some tough ones to leave out, but I like my top 10. And starting off at the bottom, as always, number 10, I put Damian Lillard. I, you know, we just talked about him. I still think he's an excellent player and I think he's got a lot of value. I don't care that they missed the playoffs. He's a small guard. He's not supposed to drive a team to a championship. But Dame is who I got coming in at number ten. Yeah, I really, uh, I really, I went back and forth on. Um, I wanted to put Dame at ten, so he's my honorable mention. He just missed the cut, I suppose. Um, so I at ten, that's where I got Jimmy Butler. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, the, I I couldn't leave Butler out of my top ten after this run he just had. You know, finals be damned. No way. Um, so you know, I I went back and forth for sure. Jimmy Butler or Damian Lillard. Ah. So Jimmy Butler is my 10, though. That's that's a good spot for him, and he, he is my number nine, Jimmy Butler, for everything you said. I think he has solidified himself there. I don't care if he averages 19 next year in the regular season. I know what he's got come playoff time. He is a top 10 player yep. when it matters. 
My first one out is one of my all-time favorite players, Kawhi Leonard. He was number 11 for me. I really, really struggled between him and Dame. Ultimately, I gave the nod to Dame just because Kawhi, I, I don't know if he's going to play 10 games next year or 25 or either way. I know it's not going to be 70 while I know what Dame's going to give me. So that was a really hard leave off for the list for me. I hope you got him at some point. Oh, yeah. But Jimmy Butler is who I got at number nine. Yep. Good spot. Good spot. Uh, nine, that's where I got Jason Tatum. I didn't like putting him there because I think he's overrated, but at the same time, uh, <laughs> at the same time, I don't know. He was pretty great against the, uh, what was it, the Heat? Yeah. When yeah. they were down 3-2 and then he just went crazy. He turned, you know, he uh, did that against the Sixers too. Say, oh, okay. Maybe it was both. Sixers for sure. That's the main one. Yeah, he uh, that game seven. He earned my respect for sure in in that because when they were down three two, I was really counting them out. Um, but no, you know, so I, I I give Tatum a little bit of respect. Um, I'd like to put Damian Lillard there, ah, <laughs> but you know, we'll give Tatum in the Celtics. You know, that's his team. Some respect. Yeah. So nine for Tatum. Okay. So you got Tatum at nine, Jimmy at ten. Who do you got up just above them at number eight? Woo-hoo, I got Joel Embiid at eight. Okay, wow, he's a bum. Oh, <laughs> no, a he, bum. Right. But he's you know eighth best in the league, bum. You know. Well, let's yeah, let's talk about it. So you got Embiid <laughs> at eight. He's the reigning MVP. For defend your take. I just all right. I guess I'm just putting a little weight on the playoffs and his effort and the way he carries himself in the playoffs. And his, uh, I hate the way he flops. He's like 300 pounds. And <laughs> I mean, everyone in the NBA flops, but he is 300 pounds. And he just is looking for every opportunity to hit the floor. And, you know, it's just, uh, no one likes to see that. Every player does it, but uh, to certain degrees. And Joel Embiid in the playoffs, I just do not like watching him in the playoffs. And his post game press conference after they got eliminated was jokes like he was you know making fun of Giannis come on you know Giannis was talking from the heart talking about how you know no loss is a loss a journey is a journey and and Embiid was just up there trolling after uh, getting eliminated you know no passion so for that you know he, he was the MVP so he's still top 10 player but I'm giving him a little bit of a little bit of a nudge down at eight Now, that's all fair but <laughs> before I dive into my thoughts on him a little bit to respond to you Let's just make a clarification. He's not 300 quite. He's close. He's 280. He's more oh. like a defensive end versus right. defensive tackle. Damn but he's, he's a big guy. I, your point is taken. He needs to be dominating dudes like Shaq. He, he doesn't need to be flopping all around. And that's part of the thing with MB too, is he's got potential to be a top five, top three type guy. But for whatever reason, he just shrinks in the playoffs. He's never made the conference finals. Yeah, that's the main thing. He's had excellent all-time teammates between Harden yep. and Jimmy Butler. Tobias Harris is nice. Ben Simmons used to be nice. J.J. Redick was nice. nice. Horford. Like, the list goes on. No more excuses. You got Nick Nurse now. Like, you're done. You should. You have no excuses anyways. But now you really don't. So uh, your point is taken there. So number eight. That's where, that's where I got LeBron James. That's fair. LeBron James, number eight. Now, Fur is a, a resident LeBron fan, oh, and yeah. and uh, <laughs> just uh, just say it not too aggressively. LeBron lover boy to some degree. Very much so. Yeah. But number eight's where I got him. He's yeah. still an excellent player. Now, part of this is project projection as far as expecting him to slightly regress, even if just two percent. 
But even going into this year, I probably had him like six or seven. Uh, still a very good player. But he's just he's just not what he used to be. Still elite, but I can't put him too much higher. Number eight is where I got LeBron. Yeah, he uh, he definitely looked like an old man out there in the playoffs, that's for sure. I can admit to that. I'm finally putting him, you know, he's obviously regressing and it's uh it's just crazy to see you know time's undefeated and uh yeah when he missed that dunk wide open dunk what was that in the oh that was against the the nuggets i want to say no the warriors yeah the warriors when it was still close and what yeah he missed a wide open dunk and you know injury foot injury or not that is just inexcusable you know he's definitely losing a <laughs> losing a little bit of his edge so i'm not mad at lebron checking it at eight on your list <laughs> Good, because I would defend it tooth and nail. <laughs> um, just ahead of him, probably the first or second time I've ever listed this player ahead of LeBron James is True. this player is historically always like second best, second overall pick, second best in the league. Regardless, a little low. Lowest I've probably ever rated him since he emerged as a superstar, Kevin Durant. And I still think he's very good, and I think he has a chance to take that next step. He has part of that Kawhi going for him too now to where he's just never consistently healthy. But also, Devin Booker really challenged him as being potentially the best player on the team. Now, Booker is probably more like 13 for me. as I still believe KD is a significantly better player. But just the fact that people can talk about that mm -hmm. makes me know KD is no longer KD. Now, he's still a very good player, but number seven is where I had to slot him in. Yeah, that's a, you know, no uh, no argument from here because I had KD a little lower than I usually put him, you know. I don't know, you know, we all expected a little bit more out of his run with the Suns this year. Um, so, yeah, you know, I guess he's a, uh, that's a good spot for him. I got him coming up. Um, so that was seven? Yeah, so my seven is that's i got Kawhi leonard i gave him a little bit of a i guess that's more of a projection for next year you know hoping he comes back you know strong and you know whether he plays a lot of games or not makes a playoff push you know at least to some degree you know uh yeah he, you know he he's in his track record for sure you know i just felt like i uh I, I felt like I had to put Kawhi ahead of Joel Embiid. I don't know, you know, just the playoffs. <laughs> that and... bounce shot versus uh, when he was on the Raptors versus Embiid and Jimmy to send them home. Yeah. The, that corner deep two where it just kind of ding, ding, yep. in game seven over. Yep, he's, I mean, he's still got it. And if he gets a chance to show it, you know, on the primetime stage, uh, I think, you know, he'll re-solidify himself. So that's, you know, had to clock him in at seven. If he was healthy for the playoffs this year, I think they beat the Suns, and I think they give the Nuggets a real fight. Yeah, you know, I think that's fair for sure. Yeah, you know I love Kawhi. I'm not going to argue against that. I, I agree with, like, one this year even. He came back really strong. He was excellent in the calendar year of 2023, so like January and on. And then in the playoffs, he looked like prime Kawhi. But then he went down again. That's the thing for me. It's just yeah. he needs to stay healthy. If he can do that, I will take him over like eight of the guys on my top 10 list right now. Like if he returns to that where you know you've got him for 16 games in the playoffs, 16 to 20, whatever it is there, I'll take him over everyone I just listed and some of these next guys too. So I won't fight too hard there. Yep, that's part of it, you know, staying out on the court and just being available. That's yep. the grind. <laughs> How about number six? Who you got there that just made it ahead of you've got Kawhi, Embiid, Tatum, and Butler as the bottom half of your top ten. Who is the last one not to make top five? 
Well, I had uh, I put Luca there. Um, you know, I, he could definitely be higher, for sure. But uh, yeah, you know, obviously he's he's something different. You know, the way he's able to put up numbers and yeah, you know, especially if the Mavs make some moves and uh, you know add to the the team around him, he could easily go deep in the playoffs and jump much higher on my list because. I don't know. That's the main. I guess I weigh the playoffs a lot for sure with this. And um, well, he wasn't there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so. that that is you know that is a definitely a uh, a demerit on his report card for sure. Yeah, but uh, you know, other than that, obviously he's a he's you know one of the best young faces of the league going forward. And you know he could very easily make a claim. You know for one or two or three best you know best player in the league easily so he's right there but i don't know i I had to put him at six that's fair especially because you know what we've seen most recently is him not missing the playoffs or not making the playoffs i should say now number six uh i have him slightly ahead of where you landed him you had him at number eight i got joel Embiid. so everything you said i think is absolute gospel as far as you know being kind of a baby kind of a (laughs) kind of a diva to some degree but he is still incredibly dominant. I can't put him in my top five, but he is the reigning MVP, and I think that was rightfully so. I think he should have, or even at least could have, won MVP last year as well. He has been a dominant center. I do need to see it in the playoffs, but six, I think, is fair for an MVP-level guy. But he, can, he can't ever crack the top, 10 from, or top five excuse me, for me ever again until he at least gets to the conference finals. So I have a little more respect on him than you. I've always been a big Embiid guy. But I'm not over the top. I understand the reality. Yep. Yeah, that's a good spot for him. Six, you know, just sniffing greatness, but, you know. (laughs) Outside looking in. Just like how his team is always like the sixth best, not making the final four. Brutal. (laughs) So now let's get into our top five. Someone that's already been said before by Fur, lower at the bottom of the list. I've got Jason Tatum. Oh, man. Now, let me defend myself a little bit because last time I did this, I did not have him in my top five. I like Tatum a lot. I always have. Now, the past year and a half-ish, I've been kind of more of a Tatum critic. But this year silenced my doubts because I used to question, is Jalen Brown really the more reliable player? That's gone. That question is gone. True. Tatum? His ceiling, not just in the regular season, but in the playoffs, is almost as high as anybody. Not as high, but almost. It's really close. His 50-point game in Game 7 against the Sixers, phenomenal. Game 6 against the Sixers, he had an awful night, and then once it was crunch time, he went off. He, he's he got that dog in him, and I, I think... People are a little down on him because of the fact that he hasn't won quite yet. I was in that spot, too. But we also forget he's 26 years old. Yeah, You're not supposed to win that that young. You're just not. True. Now, I think he has the potential to ascend even higher, but I'm throwing some massive respect on Tatum. Number five is where he lands for me. I like that. You know, it's a good spot. And, uh, you know, part of it is what you said. Part of it is projecting what they're going to do as well. A so little bit. This 26. is kind of heading into next year, yeah. you know. So, like, you know, age gives people at least – they can't go higher, but they can go lower – when it comes to older age, younger age, you only have opportunity to go up in terms of how I see next year playing out. So that yeah. that is part of the play. That's a good spot for him. Five, eh? 
fifth best player in the league. Well, that's where I put Kevin Durant. Um, usually I have him higher, you know, like we said earlier, you know, just uh, we expected a little more from his run on the Suns this year, and so I had to take him down a few pegs. Uh, and his availability, obviously, another bit of a factor. Um, but, you know, he's still an alien out there. He's yep. uh, You saw him in person yeah, this yeah. year. Yeah, I went to the Bucks suns game when neither Giannis nor KD played uh, in, like, February or something, maybe March. And, yeah, I mean, I was just I was staring at KD on the sidelines for a while. He's, he's a freak just <laughs> sitting there in his khakis, biggest khakis in the world. You know, long, you know longest at least. The longest, yes. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, he, he's a... Uh, generational scorer and um if he's out there obviously anything's possible for any team so i had to have i had to clock him in at five for sure the slim reaper yeah i mean he's still got that potential for sure especially if he bounces back healthy next year absolutely and if my uh my thoughts on the suns comes true he might ascend above five so that's a fair spot for sure now let's go to to number four who just edges out kd that's where i got uh steph curry you know, he's, uh, I always, always, always had KD ahead of Steph, but, uh, I don't know, you know, this last year, just a little bit of a bump, you know, Steph led the <clears throat> Warriors in the previous season to a championship without KD. So he beat the allegations there, proved that he, you know, can do it again. Um, you know, and he's obviously, you know, probably the best point guard of all time, you know, He's still got that jump shot, so you you can't uh, you can't uh, put him lower than he's certainly not out of the top five, and obviously, and so yep, had to put him at four. Better than Magic for best point guard? Yes. Whoa! <laughs> oh boy! He changed the game, and uh, you know the rings, and what even though he had help on the rings. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, know. Magic had help too. It's not like he was dragging around the third stringers he wasn't jimmy in the third stringers he was magic and kareem and and worthy and uh, they had other great players as well so that's you know point is taken i'd still take magic just by a hair Mm -hmm. but yeah i agree and that's exactly where steph landed for me and part of the benefit of doing this top 10 list after the playoffs yeah recency bias plays a factor but it's also you're just like Really factoring and weighing what matters the most Mm. is is people who can play in the games that matter. And Steph had a really strong postseason. Like, his team didn't go far, but they weren't a better team than the Kings, I don't think. But he went nuts in Game 7, 50-point Game 7. And he had a nice playoffs overall, and he's still that guy. He's the fourth-best player. Now, he can regress. That's possible. But I think with his play style, he's going to age like a fine wine. So Definitely. four is where I got him as well. Like I can't put him any higher, yeah. but I think that's a good spot. Absolutely. One of the goats. Now, jumping into the top three, number three. In the past, I had this guy at number two last time I did this round. So slight drop. Yes, I am very high on this Drake skinny Slovenian twin, Luka Doncic. I, I still like him a lot. And yes, he missed the playoffs. Yes, that is a huge blunder. However, let's not forget, it was but a year ago that he carried a a Buns Mavs team to the conference finals. He did do that. And I do still believe in Luka. Whether that's with the Mavs or elsewhere, I think he's an excellent player. And I think much like Jokic is his overall career arc, I think Luka is going to invest in his physical training and only get better, be more durable, be, have more stamina to carry that team. So Luca, I know I'm higher on him than most people outside of 
Luca, and Drake. But three is where I landed Luca. Hell yeah, one of the faces of the league. Not a bad spot, you know. I uh Yeah, wow. Conference finals the year before. I forgot about that. <laughs> That's uh absolutely, you know. Been super young and uh anything's possible for him going forward, definitely. Number three, good spot. Well, my number three, that's where I had to, you know, stay, stick true to my guns. LeBron James. <laughs> I had to do it. Um, you know, obviously, yeah, definitely a little bit of bias for sure. But uh, like we said, there's a little bit of projections going forward. I think uh, I do think he's going to bounce back. And, well, not that he even had a bad year. But, you know, I think he's going to continue to play strong. And, um, I mean, she's you know what can you say the all-time points record everything else i mean i had to i had to do it so i mean and yeah he put up 40 in that last game you know even though they lost they did they fought hard the lakers against the nuggets they got swept but that was maybe one of the most competitive sweeps i've ever seen sweeps most competitive sweeps <laughs> so you know i'm throwing a little bit of respect on on lebron and yep still at three for me <laughs> Until he retires, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get it. I get it. I, I definitely do. Like, he was number one for 10 to 15 years, so I get it. Even three might be kind of hard for you to put him that low. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so I, I understand it. I don't agree, but I understand it. I don't like it. I don't agree with it, <laughs> but I accept it. That's a deep cut. <laughs> now... I think we're going to have the same – we obviously have the same top two guys, but I think the order is going to be the same. Number two is where I've got the reigning finals MVP. That's where I, I landed Jokic. Can't knock anything that he did this year. He was phenomenal. The triple doubles, the 40-point games, the 20-rebound games, he was unstoppable. No one could stop him. AD was able to slow him down like 5% for 5% of that series. So he – proved everyone wrong i can't give him number one quite yet but his floor vision his dominance as a scorer his dominance as a rebounder and his competence as a defender it makes him a great player ridiculous jump shots too those fadeaways nothing no one can stop those i mean yep he looked like the best player on the planet uh as of right now you'd have to say he's the best player on the planet just because he's been playing and yada 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 um but yeah so i got Jokic as two as well at two, you know, he's, uh, yeah, I mean, how old is he? 28. 28. Yeah, wow. I mean, he's in his, he's just in his prime. And with his play style, you know, he's probably just entering his prime. Yep, I agree. Like, it's hard to even put him at two, but uh, we got our reasons, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, best basketball in the world at the moment. Yep. I agree. And, Number one, the Greek freak. Yep. Giannis Antetokounmpo is the number one player still. I know. People forget. <laughs> what happened yesterday is the only thing that's ever happened. Right? Right? Yep. Wrong. Right. Giannis <laughs> is still the best player in the league. I will say it is very, very close. Yep. It's no longer 70% to 30% in the argument. It's more like 52 to 48. It is damn close. Very close. However, Giannis at times is a top is the best defender in the league, at least a top 5 defender in the league. He has defensive player of the year. So he has a 
I don't even know how to describe the advantage over Jokic he there. Has he has everything on his resume plus a depoy. He has the Grand Canyon difference in defense between him and Jokic. Yep. While on offense, I'd say it's closer to like a small river difference if you want to give Jokic the advantage due to his you know electric and elite passing level at an all-time level. But people forget Giannis is a very nice passer too. Yep. Not as fancy, not as good. I mean, I don't know if anyone in the league right now is as good as Jokic except for maybe LeBron and Chris Paul maybe. Mm-hmm. But Giannis is a very nice passer and he is a very dominant scorer to where he scores more than Jokic. I still got to give it to Giannis. And again, you know, the last thing that happened is the only thing that happened for a lot of people. But for me, I have not forgotten a 50-point closeout game in oh, the finals. man. I have not. People, Over Chris yeah, Paul that is Booker. one of the best finals, playoff games, finals games I've ever seen. 50 points to close it out. People forget for sure. Now, if next year Giannis has another flame out in the playoffs, maybe yeah. I change my mind. Yep. Because that is the one flaw for this year. I don't knock him so much for losing the series because he missed three games. But... I got to be honest, he did look scared to shoot free throws in that final game. Now, part of that might be the injury, so I am going to not give him a pass, but I am going to understand you know, that that's not Giannis. So I do think Giannis is going to come back as good or better than ever next year. So I'm also projecting him to increase. Even as is, I think he's better slightly than Jokic. But I think he can get another 2 to 5% better next year with that right coach, and I'm hoping Griffin is that guy. Absolutely. Yep. Giannis, number one for both of us. Uh, part of the reason I gave him the edge and that very, very close, you know, between him and Jokic, part of the reason is just his mentality. Um, you know, I mean, not to take anything away from Jokic, but I don't think he loves the game of basketball as much as Giannis, you know. And um, I don't know, you know, just if I had to, I, you know, you know, I think Giannis, uh, Going forward, obviously, hopefully they both meet up in the finals a few times so we can really square this down and yep. figure out. And But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just think Giannis's mentality is definitely different. And um, that, you know, he still has – him and Jokic are both still young, still have room to grow. And, you know, if I am if I have to pick one, I'm going to take the guy that's got that, got that Mamba mentality got a little bit. Got that dog in him. Yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jokic, he's like, when can I go home? <laughs> While Giannis is like, when can I get back in the gym? So that's fair. True. Definitely fair. Well, that wraps our, our top 10 for we've got a list here today in terms of NBA player rankings. I like the list. We got a few disagreements, but for the most part, I think we had like nine of the 10 same guys that made our top 10. You had Kawhi while I had Dame. Everyone else was the same. I really wanted to have Dame too. (laughs) So, and I really wanted to have Kawhi. So, you know, we were pretty, you know, it's pretty undisputed as far as like who the best like 15 guys are in the league. But then it's where do you, where do you seat them at the table from there? So that's where we had our most disagreements. You know, let us know what you think, who's too high, who's too low, or are we sleeping on... Victor Wembanyama, is he a top 10 guy? No, but if you think so, let us know. (laughs) Now, let's take a breather. We're done with the NBA here for today. So, basketball fans, stick around, though. We got some fun stuff coming up here for the NFL. NFL fans, let's dive into it. We've got some contracts to talk about. Now, DeAndre Hopkins, man. I feel like we're talking about him every week. (laughs) It's about to be like Hopkins Watch is what we're going to have to start (laughs) talking about him, make a segment for him. But Hopkins is visiting with the Patriots, I believe today, if I'm not mistaken. He did already visit with the Titans, and the report is is they did extend him an offer. There was no negotiation, but they extended him an offer. 
So general thoughts for what do you think? I have talked about the Hopkins visits already on the pod. What are your thoughts on Hopkins? Um, you know, he's, uh, he's got his pick. You know, he's going to have a pick between a lot of different teams that could use him and he could add to. And um, what, he had his list of things that he wanted from each team, right? He, he wanted uh, a stable management, uh, a good defense, Right, I, I believe those were there was maybe one other thing on his list that he wanted of his destinations. A good quarterback. Yeah, yeah. And now he's visiting with Ryan Tannehill and Slack Jones. Yeah, you know McCorkle. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, you know we'll see. Um, I don't know. I don't know if he visited them or if he has any plans to visit. But I saw some uh, talk of him going to the Browns. I uh, I don't know if that was just because him and Watson were like talking to each other or. If there was any actual movement there, but uh, I think that would be the best spot for him to where he can impact a team and kind of put them where they want to be. Um, yeah, I wonder what other teams are going from. I don't know. The Titans just seems like a dead end. <laughs> They're desperate. Yeah. Who so, else is going to be their number one? What's their second year player's name? Ugh. Um, they drafted him after they <laughs> traded A.J. Brown. He what killed the Packers name? when we played him this year. <laughs> he did. Should remember it. I had him in fantasy. He didn't turn out much. Um, uh, it'll come to me, but <laughs> true. that's part of the thing is they're just so desperate for help. Yeah, so I guess it comes down to if he's going to take the best offer that he can Traylon get. Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks. Oh, that's right. There you go. Traylon Burks. But that's all. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, if he's going to take the best offer he gets, which might come from the Titans, uh, just because, you know, they're still trying to sell tickets and compete in that stacked AFC. Um, but, you know, or does he want to go compete somewhere? And, I mean, the Bills should reach out to him. I don't know what's, you know, what if there's any holdup, but uh, I don't know. I think if he goes to the Browns or the Bills, that's where I kind of want to see him go, I suppose. Um, but, you know, Patriots or Titans, if they land him, you know, more power to him. Everyone in the AFC needs as much ammunition as they can get. Right. Yeah, and if you're a fan of those teams, you could definitely talk yourself into it. If you're the Titans, you can be like, hey, DeAndre Hopkins, he was the best receiver in football two years ago, two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. He could still be a top 10 guy. I still think he's got that talent. Yep. And you've got Derrick Henry, who's still a top three running back in the league, if not you know two or one. So you could talk yourself into it. You've got Vrabes. You you know your defense is going to be solid. You know O-line is going to be solid. Tannehill at his peak is serviceable. So you could talk yourself into it. Same thing for the Patriots. You know, you've got... Bill O'Brien, he worked magic with D-Hop back in the day at the Texans. You've True. got Mac Jones, who maybe if you give him a weapon, he takes that next step because all of a sudden then Juju slides to your number two receiver. So there's there's some drawing factor if you're a fan of those teams. Outside looking in, that doesn't really change a ton yeah. of their potential or, or what their reality is actually going to be. I do like the Browns fit. I've been saying that a little bit that I think that would be the most interesting potential landing spot for him the bills is is definitely interesting too have you seen anything about the stefan diggs news with them uh no so in a nutshell they're kind of at odds with each other Diggs and the bills damn so Diggs, i guess wasn't at like one of the mini camp events and um what's his name uh sean mcdermott the mcdermott yeah, yeah. the coach he said he was very concerned that Diggs wasn't there. Strong words. I think he said it twice in his press conference. Damn. And then they went on to say the very next day, like, oh no, Diggs is here. He had an excuse, you know, he was an excused absence. Everything's good to go. But it's also like there are some rumors fluttering that Diggs is not happy with the Bills and doesn't really want to be there anymore. 
I don't know if that's money. I don't think it's money. Yeah. I don't know if it's being at odds with Josh Allen or what it is. Yeah, but I mean, he was yelling at guys on the sidelines, right? Right. I mean, I mean, that happens, but at the same time, you know, if there's these rumors swirling. Yep, and when when me and Drake did a who's on top for the AFC, that was part of why I, ha- I was lower on the bills than I've been recently is because I feel like they might be due for a culture reset to some degree. So I, I'm not feeling strongly enough to predict that, but you know, if that is a possibility and the Bills see that, you might as well get some protection and go get another top flight right wide receiver. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, wow. I didn't I didn't know Diggs was that upset. He now, should maybe know. he's not. Maybe it's yeah. just all smoke and no fire, all bark and no bite, but that is what is being talked about. Buffalo's definitely the best spot for him. I mean, I agree. <laughs> he gets the second most targets in the league over the past several years. He's right. well paid. Josh Allen, franchise quarterback. A passionate fan base like what more do you want nice jerseys <laughs> oh exactly for real yeah that's crazy to hear you know and it seems like we talked about only afc's teams for uh, hopkins <laughs> mm-hmm. and what i heard about that is that hopkins isn't the easiest guy to get along with so really the teams that are interested in him are people that have worked with him in the past and know they can do it. Like Vrabel, I believe, was on the Texans staff at one point. Hmm. Bill O'Brien, obviously, was the head coach over there too. So that might be part of it. I don't know how factual that is, but that's really the only explanation that I've heard. Hmm. Makes sense. Now let's pivot over to holdouts. So Chris Jones, the all-world defensive lineman for the Kansas City Chiefs, the reigning champion, dynastic Kansas City Chiefs, the report is is that he might hold out because he wants a new contract. He wants to be paid like that all-time, all-world, dynastic centerpiece of that defense. I know what I think about that, Fur, but how do you feel if if Chris Jones were to, to hold out? If I'm not mistaken, they paid him like two years ago. Like Yep. When the same year that they re-signed Mahomes for that huge contract, I remember it was like, oh, can we? It's either can you, Mah- you know, both? and uh, and it it was like almost like tot- I know it was shocking to see that they pulled it off to retain both of them for top money. They paid him well two years ago, so I don't know if he's just upset that he got passed up money wise by like Dexter Lawrence yep. and I don't know whoever else. Uh, Quinn and Williams, I'm sure, is making a push right now. Um, yeah, I uh, I think Chris Jones should be more of a team player here. I don't know when's his contract up and like. Pfft. Honestly, I have no clue. Yeah, I mean, I I know they paid him really well a few years ago. I feel like he should, uh, you know, finish that contract and then, you know, he could. I don't know. I guess I understand his agent, you know, and, and you want to maximize your, uh, you know, the money you you, you you walk away with after such short time in the league. Um, but you know, the Chiefs are a dynasty and. Uh, you know, I don't know. I think uh, they right, like they already compensated him. If he was getting really shafted money wise, then yeah, oh, hold out all day. You know, totally. Like the Chiefs need him. That's for sure. That yep. whole defense falls apart without Chris Jones. That's for sure. I He's think. He's the centerpiece. Yep. Yeah. Honestly, if these reports are true, and it's it is because like he's like, oh, I should be the top paid guy in the league, and now I'm only sixth at my position or something. Like, I think if that's all true. That's incredibly selfish. Yep. Because they, like you said, they just paid you what two, three years ago. You're still under contract. You're a great team. Yeah. This is what blows up dynasties. Yeah. This is why it's hard to build a dynasty. Is because you got to make everybody happy. Imagine if Pat Mahomes was like, "Oh, yeah. Jalen Hurts making more money than me? Are you <laughs> kidding me? I just beat him." Yeah. Like, you just can't do that. Like, 
I get it to some degree. You want to maximize your potential, but it's not like you're not being paid. Yeah, like, exactly. It, it's, it'd be one thing if you were making 30th most in the league at your position while you're number one. But if you're just a little bit off, like you agreed to that deal. Yeah. And you're still in that deal on right. your commitment. Be a part of that team. Go win another bowl. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, right. They, 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 uh, he sticks around, they win another bowl, and, you know, he probably can get more money out of them, even if, yep. you know, he's not too old. He's still in a position where I'm sure he can, you know, get some good negotiation leverage. Um, yeah, I, when you're, yeah, exactly. You said it. When you're in the middle of a dynasty, Plus, he's already being paid very well. You know that uh, it doesn't help their their locker room, you know, culture and everything for sure. Yep. So we'll see how that all plays out, and then really, I guess the the next ones to talk about are on the running back market. So obviously, some big name running backs have been released or just are looking for a home. You think Leonard Fournette? You think Ezekiel Elliott? Delvin Cook? Big yep. ticket item there. But for ones that got tagged this year, specifically. Well, Tony Pollard signed his tag, so he's out of the equation. But Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs are kind of making a stand. And for different areas, Saquon said, he, he said this like himself, like, I'm not asking to be paid the top running back in the league money. I understand the market, but I still want to be compensated fairly for what I bring to the team. That's what he said. And Josh Jacobs is kind of taking that to the next level to where he's like, I'm taking a stand for running backs. I'm going to put it on the line for every future player at my position. I'm not signing this. Give me a deal. Hell yeah. So that's kind of what's going on with the running backs right now that did get the tag. For what do you think? Do you think these guys are are being dumb? They should just sign. Do you think the teams are being dumb and they should sign? How do you feel? Nope. All power to more power to Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley for sure. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, each situation is different. You know, holdouts. Some holdouts are totally justified. Some it's like, what are you doing? Um, no, I think these running backs. What's happening? The market where it's at for running backs. I think it's. I think it's crazy. Um, you know, obviously, I understand that they shouldn't be the you know more of the higher paid guys on a team, but uh, they are really. You know, it's like a league-wide effort. They're really being shafted, I think. And I don't know, you know, uh, definitely. More power to these guys for sure. You know, Josh Jacobs, he already hated what's <laughs> – he hates what's going on with the Raiders. He wants out. Yep. So that's a totally understandable holdout. And Saquon, for sure, the Giants are going to go pay Daniel Jones 40-plus, 40 $45 million a year, whatever it is. Gross. Uh, I mean, come on. If you're going to pay him, then you got to at least pay the guy that's – really drawing the defense's eyes and yep. um so you know someone has to make a stand for the running backs and you know i'm sure you know every year guys hold out running backs especially and um but you know enough's enough i think uh definitely i think these guys are in the right and their teams you know the giants for sure i mean the raiders are a bit of a mess but the giants are you know when they're a borderline wild card team or uh you know competing for the for wild card wins and yeah, they got a wild card win. I mean, geez, how yeah, you how did. are you gonna how are you gonna throw away your best offensive player after a season like that? Like just because of your you know, and yeah, like you said, they don't even want to be the highest paid guys. They just want a little bit more respect. And uh definitely running backs deserve more respect across the league. Um you know, and uh so yeah, I'm with Saquon and Jacobs for sure. Make a stand and stay strong, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I kind of agree. You know, like, again, I understand the market. 
And I do agree that teams shouldn't be paying like top dollar for running backs, but I especially like Saquon's stance. Like, hey, I don't want to be paid 20 million a year, but you know, treat me like I'm a valued part of this team. Like, if you can get him on an Aaron Jones level contract, like Huge. you absolutely should be doing that. At least slide it across the ta- across the table. See, you know, be like, hey, what do you think? Like, you know, 11, 12 million a year over four years. Like, is that enough to get it done? Maybe he says yes, because you know, I think I think a more cool, lukewarm market for running backs might help them if everyone is more willing to take more of those like mid-level type deals, like understanding like, hey, True. I'm not at the value of say a left tackle, but I'm, above, I'm at the value of a left guard or something. So I'm, I'd be perfectly fine with that. And I like that these guys are at least making, you know, taking a stand. I don't want them to hold out necessarily. Uh, as I'm not super big into that in general, but at some point with the way that market's going, I guess someone kind of needs to you know, organize a sit-in, organize a strike to some degree. Absolutely. I mean, running backs, you know, if you got a good running back, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I'm looking at the, uh, the franchise tag dollar amount for running backs. It's at like 10 million, 8 million, 9 million. I'm seeing different figures. Yep. Um, I mean, Nine million for Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley. Barkley, that's crazy a little bit. So I mean, but you know, yeah, I mean, definitely. Obviously, when push comes to shove and uh, the preseason approaches, you know, guys are going to report in. But uh, I mean, you, we've running backs are very valuable. We've watched, you know, just as a Packer fan, watched them go long stretches without any consistent or good running back play. Almost ten years. Yep, and now we've been been seeing it and. You know, it's just you gotta you gotta pay these guys if you have them. If you don't have them, then sure you could shuffle these guys for uh, nickel right. bags and whatever. But yep, if you got a guy and they're taking your franchise and elevating it, yeah, I don't know. You gotta you gotta meet them halfway a little bit. I agree, and I think yeah, compromise I think is the right word for what needs to be done in general True. for that market, for sure. But that wraps up contract talk, which brings us to our final segment here today on episode 26. Again, new game alert. So what that is going to be. So actually, before I get into it, it was inspired by ESPN recently shared a list. They ranked all 32 NFL teams by what they described as their their roster core which basically was their top five best players. So not top, not top five most important, like, all right, let's rank everyone's QB plus receiver plus running black plus DN, nothing like that. It was simply your five best players, whether that's two guards, a tight end, a running back, doesn't matter. And their top five was Chiefs, Bengals, Eagles, Dolphins, Bills, in order from top to bottom that, you know, looking like that. Now, each of them pretty much had a quarterback in that list. I think the Niners were top 10 as well without having a quarterback in their core five. So some variety there. And that inspired this game here today, which is called Balling on a Budget. So for our game, Fur and I, we each have a budget. And this is a theoretical budget. We each have $20 to create a core of five NFL players to where we will bid on each individual player that comes up. So we will randomly draw players. I found a nice site for randomly generating NFL players, and we'll each bid on them. Highest bidder wins, adds them to their squad. $20 is your overall budget, so you got to be smart. You might get Patrick Mahomes first. You might not get him at all. You might get Jalen Hurts fourth. Like You got you to gotta play the cards. You got to see what you got. This is a blind bidding fight in a lot of ways. 
Any questions on the rules? Nope. I'm ready. Sounds fun. Let's, uh, let's see. Okay, wait. Actually, um, what if, like, there's a player that none of us want? Then I guess someone's got to get them for $1 because you only get five So who players. would get them for what we're just switch back and forth? Who starts bidding, I guess? Yeah, we'll, okay. f- we'll switch back and forth on who begins the bid. Okay. For sure. So, <laughs> Fur, we'll let you get the first dibs on bidding, All and right. the player... Is Trent Williams. Oh, wow. I like that. So we're just putting together a roster for one year, right? Yep. One Super Bowl run. One Super Bowl run. Well, I guess, uh, what do I got to start the bidding at one? Wherever or? you want to oh, start. Let's it. start the bidding at uh, $3. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll raise you to $4. $5. Oh, <laughs> man. Okay. Um, Gotta protect the blind side, man. Six dollars. I'm good. You're out. Uh, tapping out. Oh boy, I did just spend a big part of my budget on Trent Williams, but hey, I don't know if another left tackle is coming. Yep. So that knocks my budget down to fourteen dollars remaining. Trent Williams for a hefty six dollars. Oh boy. So now I get to start the bidding for our next randomly generated player. Da 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 da. He's retired. We can't use him. Okay. <laughs> Mike Evans. Oh. I will start at three dollars. Four dollars. I just spent too much money. I gotta yeah. let you have him. Uh, Mike Evans for four dollars. Not bad. Not bad. No, I mean that's literally one fifth of your budget. So that's a that's a perfect ratio to get when you're only getting uh you know five guys. So I should have let you keep him for three dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been strapped. <laughs> But, yeah, first still got the edge here in remaining budget with $16 remaining while I have 14 Oh, boy. Now you're back to starting off the bidding as we've got George Kittle. God. Another niner. Jeez. Well, I'll start the bidding off at uh, $4. $5. Jeez. <laughs> um... Ah, uh, nope. It's, it, you can have Kittle. Oh man, <laughs> you got two Niners. Oh, what is this, San Francisco over here? All right, so I've got yeah, I've got a, a tackle and uh, a tight end using up more than half of my budget already. That's gritty. Oops. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, we got we got some dogs on the <laughs> roster. So now, back to myself starting the bidding with he's retired. Next one. I'm pretty sure he's retired. Miles Garrett. Oh, oh I'm going to start the bidding off at $6. Jeez. What, you want Miles Garrett or something? <laughs> then you'd bit. only have $3 for your <laughs> last guys. But it's I guess then move. you're just like playing the chance game as to who comes up. Yep. Uh, you said 6 I did. Pfft. <sighs> Whatever, let's keep this interesting. Uh, uh, stop. <laughs> Seven. Oh. We're even. You can have them. Yep. Yeah. We're evened out. Yep. Some, you know, I kind of did. I didn't think you'd let me get a player of that caliber. So that's why I started. So guns a blazing. And I was okay if you took them. But 
We are down to nine bucks each, and we only have two guys each, so we have come out hot. We've gotten some good players, though. Yeah. I mean, when I was doing this earlier, it was coming up with not this good of players, and oh my lordy, the next one is Joey Bosa, another end. Let's see how aggressive Fur is willing to be. Are you start? Let's see. You started. You start. I started. You started. I started. Oh shoot! We might have gone out of order that one. I'll just start on this one then. Damn! I'll uh, I'll start at one dollar. You can have him. Oh, for a dollar! <laughs> he didn't want to risk it. Uh, you know, I'd be bidding for Nick Bosa, but Joey Bosa, I don't. Uh, nope, not me. No sir. <laughs> I'll take him. I like Bosa. One dollar though. I mean, that's a good deal. He's retired. Come on. Oh, Lord, oh, let's go. David Bakhtiari, another tackle. Well, I missed out on uh, Trent Williams. And how much? You have eight left. I have nine left. Yep. Three dollars. Oh. I'm bidding at three dollars. Man, three dollars. Now, I'd love to up you, but I can't risk it and end up with two of my core guys being tackles, so I have to let you go. Yep. I had to get Bakhtiari. You getting Debach for half of what I got Trent Williams is a major major win, and our teams are stacking up very similar position-wise, which is kind of wild, to be honest. We both got a left tackle, we both got a DN, and we both got a catcher. I've got a tight end, and you've got a receiver. Not bad. Not bad at all. Now I have the money edge now, so I could be the big player at the table. Oh boy! <laughs> so bidding starts on my end for just retired Tom Brady, not Tom an Brady. option. <laughs> uh, D Ford, he's still playing, I think. <laughs> I believe so. One dollar. What happened to him? One dollar. <laughs> so I can just. Well, I can't take that. I only have six dollars left. You got to take D Ford. Come on. <laughs> He's one of my five best players. Jeez. Well, that's rigged. When was this made? 2018, 2019? <laughs> For real. I wonder if even like certain players are even an option on this, but it's give and take. All right. So I now have one roster spot remaining with $7 to, to bid. So essentially, whoever I want, I can take if I really wanted to. But next player, also retired. Come on. I. He's retired. He just retired. He retired. We already saw him. He just retired Jeez, this year. Jeez, Mitchell Schwartz again, J.J. Watt, Drew Brees. They're all retired. Man, they're coming up with, all right. Kirk Cousins. First QB, Kirk Cousins uh, on the board. Fur is the first bid. Well, <laughs> do I, I like have to take him, right? <laughs> no okay. one's got a quarterback. Fine. <laughs> $2. You can have him. Jeez. <laughs> Captain but, Kirk. Man, I'm really banking on a quarterback coming up here. So you've got $4 remaining. So that's the most you can bid for your final roster spot. Next player is Michael Thomas. Oh, my gosh. We can. You don't have to count him. He's been hurt too long. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess uh, what's his name? No. Oh, Bobby Wags. That's fair. Bobby Wagner. I'll start the bidding off at $1. $2. Do it. <laughs> uh, it's not a matter of money. It's a matter of who I want my last guy to be. Do I want two DNs and a middle linebacker as my core? 
Oh, I'm really rolling the dice if I don't take them. This would be your final player, too. I want it back. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's all right. I already said it. $2 for Bobby Wagner. What do we... Uh... $3. I got to pass. Bobby Wagner is my final pick with money remaining. I left money on the table. Bobby Wags rounds out my team, which means you essentially get the next player who's up, regardless of who it is. No. So, yeah, that's uh, let's see who first getting to round out his core. Stephon oh, Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore. That's not We bad. might make the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, you might. That's a good squad. So it the final stack up between teams is I got Trent Williams, George Kittle, Joey Bosa, D. Ford, and Bobby Wagner. So trenches, baby. Furs got Mike Evans, Miles Garrett, David Bakhtiari, Kirk Cousins, and Stephon Gilmore. I'm not gonna lie, I like first team better. <laughs> I like Miles Garrett and Gilmore for sure as the defensive end pieces. Not oh, bad. Man, I do not like balling on a budget. That was rough. Yeah, that was I mean I'd be down to have more money next time, more uh <laughs> yeah, more money. A few more roster spots too, even. <laughs> yeah, I agree. We're troubleshooting. It was first time around. See the next player coming up would have been Darius Slay. Ooh, Dang. That would have been a nice you already saw him. Already saw, oh, my God. Andrew Luck. Jalen Ramsey. Wish that one came up. Already saw Kittle. Rivers. Kalias Campbell. He's still playing. A-Rod. Aaron Rodgers. Only one quarterback came up, so surprise. But, yeah, that wraps up our debut of Balling on a Budget. Very interesting concept there. I, I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was We spent all our money right away, yeah. and then we kind of just had to take whoever was left from there. Maybe next time we add a pass option. Like, if no one wants yeah. to bid, you don't have to bid. Maybe. <laughs> but you live and you learn. No, that was, uh, yeah, hell yeah. I got a squad uh, for sure. I agree. <laughs> yep. Kirk Cousins or not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, Captain Kirk can be checked down Charlie, so not bad. But that about wraps up episode 26 for, for Mad Talk Sports here today. So, again, we dove through that finals. We looked into next, you know, what's coming next for the NBA. Give us your thoughts on what we said there, as well as our top 10 lists. And let us know who, who is better at balling on a budget. We appreciate your thoughts and your time as always. And, Fur, thank you as always again for stepping in here again today. Hell yeah. Thanks for having me. Always a good time. You know, good time of the year talking about sports when the finals wrap up. What a time. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, again, that wraps it up. If you enjoyed episode 26, check us out on Spotify or Instagram at Mad Talk Sports to check out our other content and other episodes that we have. Thank you, as always, for listening in. We love you. Share your thoughts with us. And you will hear Mad Talk again next week. You can book it. Hey.